This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. Thank you for tuning in on this, what are we, April 6th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And there's clearly a lot going on in the markets. Uh, but first, I want to I want to address something because we have a lot of new listeners. Uh, I think we've talked about kind of how the popularity of Invest Talk has exploded over the past uh, six months or so, and you know I get occasionally some some emails that you know if one person's thinking it, I think a lot of other people are thinking it. So we take these constructive criticisms uh, to heart, uh, and one was surrounding my comments. Uh, I believe it was last week around. I think it was a jail stock, and how how I said that. Uh, I think the uh, the in, the the way that the Trump administration has handled this crisis has been poor, and therefore his reelection chances are going to be uh, dramatically reduced because of it, uh, and. A lot of people are going to take that as me being a Trump hater, uh, and the the reality is is that you know when we say unbiased guidance on this show, we really mean it. You know, we're not here to sling a, a high commission product or something like that, right? We're here to to help you, our listeners, and our clients, and we have to make financial decisions, investment decisions, with the facts. Um, and sometimes the facts skew positively for the ruling administration, and sometimes the facts skew negatively for the ruling administration. Uh, and other politicians uh, all around the globe, in in Washington, you know, is in in, the, in Congress, uh, and so we're we try to be as apolitical as possible on this show, and we're not here to support one politician or another we're here to get the facts and help you understand the facts because the facts are what matters when it comes to investing it's not about who you want to be in power or who you think should be in power or what you think should happen or shouldn't happen it's about what is happening what will happen right uh, and so when I said that, I, I meant that because it, it to me, and this is once again, I'm I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm a very independent thinker. I, I would highly classify myself as independent in that space. Okay, so I don't have any loyalty to one party or the other. I truly don't because I think there's major flaws on both sides. Uh, and so when I say that this situation, this crisis has been handled poorly, I think it's easy to see that. It's easy to see that. It's easy to see uh, for many, many weeks, I was on the show kind of warning about how bad this potentially could be for the United States and the rest of the world. Go back and listen to shows in, in February and early March, well before this shutdown, right? Well, which was probably mid-March. And I was saying that this is an underappreciated risk in the marketplace, and that this was not just the flu, that it was going to be something bigger. I didn't know how big. Probably didn't see it being as big as this, but I knew it would be a big problem. And so 
I was doing that based on my own research. And it wasn't that hard of research to find. And so the White House should have had that type of research. And the fact that they didn't act on simple, what I call math, simple math, exponential growth. And I think we've all seen the charts now of exponential growth. It's easy to understand exponential growth once you do math. It's simple, simple multiplication. Right? If something doubles every five days, it doesn't take very long for it to get to big number. Right? And we think about that here uh, when we're investing. It's called the law of 72. Right? You divide any return by 72, and that's the number of years it's going to take for you to double your money. Right? You get 7%, 7.2% a year. It's going to take you 10 years to double your money. If you get that over 20 years, you're going to double your money twice, right? et cetera. That's, the, that's simple math. And so the fact that the administration was saying things like, my, my favorite quote is, oh, there's 15 cases on the way to zero, and that's a pretty good job we did. That's my favorite Trump quote. Also, you know, that the fact that he said it was just the flu or that it was a miracle, one day it's just going to disappear. There are multiple quotes for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, is that to say that I hate Trump? No, I don't. I think there are, with every politician, good things that they do and bad things that they do. I don't play identity politics here. I don't, I don't paint anybody into one corner. I think everybody has their pros and cons. And that's the way investments are as well. There is no investment that is, has only pros or only cons. Everything has different shades of positive and, positives and negatives. And therefore, that's how I think. Because that's how I have to think. For you guys, for our clients, etc., and so it's kind of the basis of my decision-making process is weighing pros and cons. And when I was talking about this on air for weeks, that the cons for this coronavirus potentially getting out of control were a lot bigger than the appreciated, than, than the market had appreciated, right? And obviously there weren't very many pros with it. And so how big that potentially could get created a potential big problem. And so I just want to kind of make all of our new investors really understand this, that we're here to give you the facts as much as, as we see them on their face without bias. Okay. And so don't take anything I say as me supporting one side or the other. I'm here to just say facts. Uh, and if you disagree with them, you disagree with them. But don't take any of it as me having a side or another. Because I don't. I have the side of the facts. And the facts are what guide you to making good investment decisions at the end of the day. So that's really the end goal. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I hope you'll call me in this hour and through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast to help you become a better investor. And one way Steve and I are able to do this is by implementing a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Okay, once again, independent thinking. This isn't CNBC. This isn't MSNBC. This isn't Fox News. This isn't CNN, with which I all I have a problem with all of those networks and the way that they cover what I would consider the facts. They all have their biases, some more extreme than others, but they all have their biases. 
And that's how we're different from other investment advisors because we're dedicated to that unbiased guidance. We only recommend investment strategies that we implement for ourselves. Okay. Now that if now that I've set things up, I'm here and I'm ready to answer your investing and finance questions. Our anytime listener line is open at eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, due to the coronavirus, Steve has canceled his April portfolio review consultation trips to Houston and Chicago. But he is offering these no-cost, no-obligation portfolio assessments via telephone. We can do Zoom. We can do Skype. We can do FaceTime. There's a lot of great connectivity tools that I think we're all getting kind of used to a little bit more. And we can set all those up and we'll put you through the paces at our KPP Financial Irvine offices. Or you can just contact us at investtalk.com. So head over there and request a time. Now, my main talking point today concerns a bear market market survival tips from an economic analyst. So we're going to look at those. Also, stock buybacks. How much has stock buybacks fueled the bull market since 2009? And now, how much are on the chopping block already? And how much are going to be cut in the near future? So we're going to touch on that and what that means for markets. Next, stocks have a risk premium, a risk premium. You are getting a higher return, but higher with higher return, you're going to get volatility, higher levels of volatility than, say, bonds, right? So this is the type of risk that you are getting with investing in stocks, right? The type of volatility. You're now feeling that. For many years, you didn't feel it, right? And that's actually a bad thing. That's one of the problems with the way the Fed has been managing the economy is it's been managing around uh, stock market volatility and trying to reduce it. And that's made the market more risky. But we're going to touch on the risk premium of equities and whether it's worth it or maybe it isn't. So we're going to touch on that. And then lastly... What is panic? You know, panic buying. Everyone talks about you should buy when there's panic. What does that mean exactly? So we're going to touch on that. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to touch on today. Let's look at the market real quickly. Market's up about seven percent today uh, on bullish thoughts around the the curve, right? The fact that the curve is likely to get uh, a little bit better. In the near future, and I said this, I think April will be a relatively positive month for equities because of the optimism that is going to build, I think, throughout this month. But in the back half into May, I think that's going to be dashed a little bit. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. You can always subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. So if you want to tune in there, go check that out. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart Now that this coronavirus scare has shut down all the gymnasiums, my wife has had to go and start running again. And that's her normal workout now. And all of a sudden, her knees became inflamed, creating lots of pain. Obviously, she's looking for relief and started applying Qantas muscle rub multiple times per day, three times a day. She told me it helps reduce her soreness and discomfort. Now, if you listen to our podcast... You know I'm skeptical about many of these kind of products. I'm here to tell you, from personal experience, this brand is believable. Quanta is a publicly traded applied science company. 
They make health and wellness products utilizing patented technology and makes them up to five times more efficient. Their flagship product is an all-natural muscle rub that alleviates aches and pains because it directly reduces inflammation. We have teamed up to help listeners to invest talk. So for a limited time, you can save 20% off of all Qantas health wellness products by using the coupon code INVEST on their website, buyquanta.com. That's buyquanta.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Monday. There has been some optimism about the COVID 19 crisis, and the markets have shown volatility. So, you'll have investment and finance questions, and Justin Klein is here, ready with answers. Call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Saeed in San Francisco. He's looking at Apple. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm looking at uh, today's like close at 262. Um, just up mm-hmm. like about 20 points. You think is it, is a good time to buy right now, or is it still right now? What what what's your take on Apple computer? Uh, well, we we hadn't bought it for a while for new clients. We did pick it up uh, around the 240 mark uh, for some new clients. Um, but what we're we're looking to do is also manage around the position. Uh, you know, this is likely to be a bear market that lasts for some time, and the economic backdrop is not going to be kind to the likes of Apple. So we're we're actually looking to on rallies be kind of uh, slowly reducing our position. Um, we're, I don't think we'll ever get rid of it, but to lower our exposure a little bit um, in this environment is probably the, the, the smart thing to do. You know, does it go down to 200 a share? I think that's certainly possible um, over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. You know, they, they, they sell high margin electronic products and if a lot of people are out of work uh they're going to sit on their old phones uh, and the upgrade cycle is going to be certainly dragged out much longer so um they're they're a discretionary item for for most people especially those that have a phone that's only a couple years old right so um you know i i think you'll have better buying opportunities let's just say that over the next uh, 18 months okay. thanks for the call so just no, now let's keep yeah, I mean, I would be buying on dips. I love Apple. I think Apple is one of the great companies. They're going to keep their stock buyback, I'm sure, because their balance sheet is strong. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about Apple as a company. I'm just saying the the backdrop of the economy, the backdrop of the market, makes it to where you're likely to see larger sell-offs that are going to give you better buying opportunities than after up. What are we up about eight uh, percent today? Yeah, almost 9%. So just uh, be patient. Be patient with these names. Be patient with the names that uh, have some cyclicality to their business. Now, the ones that don't, you know, you're you're going to have rare chances to pick those up, right? Uh, because they're going to probably be making consecutive high, lower, high, or sorry, higher lows than lower lows, right? Sickle names are going to tend to make lower lows where non-sickle names in this market are going to tend to make higher lows. Why? Because more money is generally going to be slowly allocated to those names where their earnings are not eroding because of the economic backdrop. Now, let's keep it going. Here comes another caller question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Steve in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
I was interested in the stock waste management, symbol WM, as a long-term investment. I considered getting this in 2018. I was looking to get into it now again uh, with the recent drop. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thanks. All right, looking at Waste Management Corporation, and they provide waste collection, disposal, and recycling services in the U.S. and Canada. I know that they take my trash every Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday morning is when they take it out for me. But this is a business that has grown pretty steadily throughout the years, uh, and it's mainly been driven since the financial crisis by an increase in their collection of uh, of recyclables uh, and being able to sell them. Now, with the economic backdrop, the commodity backdrop as it is, I think the demand or the price they're going to get for a lot of those recyclables are going to go down, and their normal business is probably going to struggle. Right? Uh, it typically goes with economic growth, and we're in a recession, right? So you're you're going to see typically their disposal business of your normal trash uh, goes up about three percent per year. Uh, about with the overall economy, and that's going to suffer. And so I think the earnings are going to drop. It's already expected to drop from $4.40 last year to $3.97 this year, and that potentially could go even lower. And when you're looking at it from a valuation standpoint, I'm not going to pay a big multiple for this type of name. Now it's an enterprise value to EBIT is about 11.5, which is not expensive. But it's not super cheap either. You know, long term, this business trades somewhere in the neighborhood of the seven to eight times uh, enterprise value to EBITDA, which means about a 25% drop, continued drop from here. So I like what you're looking at. I like that it's a non cyclical business in general. They have a little bit of their business that is cyclical to a degree, right? Commodity prices. But I'm going to say, this needs to get down to $75 a share. We're at 90 right now in order to me, for me to get excited. And I would love it, love it, love it around the 60 to 65 level. That's where I'd say, okay, this is at or below long-term uh, multiples. And I think it eventually gets there uh, because of the drag this economic drop is going to have on their, their earnings overall. So, uh, and the fact they do have a little bit of debt, right? So I'd be a little patient. I don't like companies that have a ton of debt. They don't have a ton of 13 billion on a market cap of 38 billion. That's not crazy, but it's something I think they're going to manage, have to manage through, uh, maybe suspend some of their stock buybacks, et cetera. And I would be patient on waste management, but I like that it's on your on your watch list. Great company to have in your watch list. On the next invest talk, this option traders opinion, stocks that could get a boost from work at home trend. Well, millions of Americans are working remotely and a handful of stocks might be set to benefit from the boom. We're going to talk about that story tomorrow, or at least Steve will. But for now, I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or 
maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin, a uh, longtime listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24 7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh, calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 21 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestTalk.com This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story, bear market survival tips from an economic analyst. I don't know if I love this economic analyst, but um, his survival tips and, and points are, are pretty interesting. And where he starts out with is talking about nominal gross domestic product in relation to total household wealth. Now, we st- right now we're at about 500, 505% of household wealth to GDP. And the peak in the housing bubble was 473%. And the dot-com bubble was 429%. And on average, since 1951, it's been 371%. Now, in the fourth quarter of 2019, it was 545 So you see it's come down overall uh, about 10% or so. But it's just showing you how, how that multiple is likely to come down over time into that long-term average. And uh, then you look at the total market. Remember, that's household wealth. That includes equity in your home, et cetera, uh, other, other assets. And but if you look simply at market capitalization in the stock market of all U.S. stocks, right now we're trading at about 1.2 to 1.3 times GDP. Long-term average is about 0.8% times GDP. And in the depths of the recession, it was about 0.6%. So in order to get back down to long-term averages from here, you're going to need another, you know, we're down 20-ish percent, a little over 20% on the major indexes right now. We're going to need another probably 30 to 40% drop to get to average, right? Because also GDP is going to drop, right? Because this is a relation to GDP. So if GDP drops, suddenly that ratio goes up. And so you're likely to see this secular bear market. And often the bear market overshoots, right? So that could happen as well. And one thing you have to 
really consider is what type of companies are going to thrive and survive past this recession in much better shape than they are today. That's really what is most important is it's not just what companies can scoot by. It's the companies that can not have to lay off workers in order to pay their debts, right? The companies that will be able to take advantage of the bankrupt companies that are going to come from this cycle because there will be many, right? And what happens in bankruptcy? There's usually either a reorganization or a liquidation. And once there's a liquidation, typically that's the bigger players, stronger players pick up those assets and become even stronger coming out of the recession. Okay, and then obviously precious metals. Precious metals is a great place. I think everybody needs to have max allocation in this market. You, There's three factors. Monetary. Monetary factors. We're at 0% interest rates with QE, so massive fiat money printing across the world. So that's very positive for gold. You have monetary situation where the deficit is exploding. You're probably going to be close to $7 trillion in debt uh, for the fiscal year uh, 2020 for the U.S. government. So when the deficit rises, typically gold follows. So that's two. And number three, geopolitical. I think you're going to see some knock-on effects of all this with uh, potentially Spain or Italy leaving the euro, right? Because they're in economic dire straits. And in order to get help from the ECB, they're going to need to give up some of their autonomy. And that could be politically untenable. And then you have China and the potential deglobalization, right? And the inflation outlook where globalization has been pushed, pulling down inflation for 20, 30 years. Now, I think a lot of that is going to reverse to some degree, and you're going to see some level of inflation. Now, the it's going to be runaway inflation of the 70s. I'm not calling for that. But I do think we're going to see a rollback of some of the policies and production of products that are necessary. Think face masks right now. Think of drugs that are produced in China and how should we really be doing that? So I think there's definitely going to be some inflation. So I think that backdrop of precious metals, which I've been saying for a couple of years now, it's important to have that as a part of your portfolio. And you see that here. Gold is now near a 52-week high and looking ready to break out. So be aware. that That's, to me, the economic playbook in this environment. That's what we are doing for clients. That's why we're trying to get clients on board as fast as possible because there are a lot of great opportunities. Just guess what? They're not in the indexes because much of the index is going to be dragged down by cutting dividends to uh, susp- <clears throat> to support their debt to cutting buybacks to support their debt, laying off workers to support their debt. And then the fact that many of them are just simply cyclical businesses where earnings are going to be depressed. So all those things are going to drag down a lot of names in the major indexes and thus the indexes along with it. Now, our voice bank questions are almost always interesting. So here comes another caller question, that 888-99 chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, Tim from Madison, Wisconsin, long-time listener, second-time caller. Appreciate what you guys do. I have a couple questions for you. My number one question is, how do you go about evaluating debt level for companies whose whole business is debt, such as credit card companies? Do you just compare one to another, or is there some sort of metric that you look at when you determine how risky these companies are? My second question is about Kronos Worldwide, K-R-O. 
I have a small position now and have been looking to add to my position and wanted to know what you guys thought about that company in general. Thanks. Uh, great question on the the debt and how you deal with companies that have debt as part of their business, right? Banks, for example, and the credit card companies. Now, credit card companies are a little easier because they're straightforward, right? They lend to consumers, basically. You know, your, your discovers of the world, your capital ones of the world. Uh, and many of those have, they have buffers and they put aside money for losses. Uh, and you have to look at whether they're putting up enough money for potential losses. Uh, and you have to look at the type of type of people they're lending to. For example, American Express, they have started to lend to consumers, whereas they didn't, you know, 15, 20 years ago, but they tend to lend to more credit worthy consumers as opposed to your discovers of the world, which tend to lend to more iffy credit worthy uh, consumers. So you, you have to look at the credit profile of those type of companies. And then you get into banks, for example, you're looking at the diversity of their uh, of their business, you know, from businesses to industrial to credit cards to um, you know all different types. They they're, they run the gamut. There's a lot of different uh, lines of business that businesses that these large banks, you know, the J.P. Morgans of the world have, and that gives them a lot of diversity, which is very important. And then you also look at their capital buffers, which are much much better than they were pre financial crisis due to a lot of regulations. So you want to look at, at those things as well. Now going to Kronos worldwide. This is a company that manufactures titanium dioxide and pigments that provide whiteness, brightness, and opacity and durability. So they're a chemical uh, company, pretty small market cap, less than a billion dollars right now. And, you know, I like the, the quality of this business, but I don't think that dividend yield is going to be sustainable. I know you're probably looking at that 9.2% dividend. Its payout ratio is 95%. Its cash dividend payout ratio is 80%. And they've increased their debt pretty dramatically over the last uh, three, four years. 2017, they only had about $339 million in debt. It peaked out at about $488 million in early 2018 come down a little bit to 445 but that's pretty decent amount for the level of uh the size of their business uh and their profits so and their 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 earnings are pretty volatile and that worries me a lot as well so uh, i would pass on chronos because of the volatility of their business you know 2008 and 9 they turned uh, they, they went to only a 2.7 million dollar profit in the fourth quarter of 2008 uh, and you know if you have an economic downturn in similar fashion i think they're going to start to have trouble t- with paying that debt and they will probably cut their dividend. Now, that's going to go bankrupt, but they're definitely going to cut that dividend if you have an economic backdrop similar to 08, which is probably more likely than not. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are in good company. We keep download statistics, and we know that in the month of March, we hit over three quarters of a million downloads. So, Steve and I thank you for that, and please be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and our website, investtalk.com. We have a good number of resources over there to assist you in building your financial future. And if you are unsure about where to start, I suggest you take our Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. It'll help you define your investment comfort zone. Now, of course, you can call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California, and we will help you out there. We want to help. So give us a call. 
But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We have an important schedule change to announce. Due to the coronavirus, Steve Peasley has canceled his April trips to Houston and Chicago. However, Steve is making appointments for his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio reviews via telephone consultation or two-way video Skype consultation. So you can reach out to Steve Peasley or Justin Klein now through investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Gustavo. I'm calling from California. And I was just wondering, what do you guys think about Caesars Entertainment? C-Z-R. I don't know, I've been eyeballing it this past week. Just want to know what your thoughts are. Thank you. Bye. Run, run far away from Caesars Entertainment. This is a company that's been on and off making money for the past decade or so, sometimes swinging to big gains, big losses. They operate 50 casinos under Harris, Caesar, and Horseshoe brand names. I cannot think of an industry right now, besides maybe airlines, but still airlines, people are going to need to still fly to some degree. But I cannot think of an industry that I dislike more than the casino industry right now. Not only are you going to a recession, so less people are going to have disposable income to go gamble, but you're also in an environment where people are afraid of passing around germs. And there is no place dirtier than a Las Vegas casino. I have a rule when I go to Vegas. I don't care what time I go home, I am taking a shower. I get back to the hotel room and I take a shower immediately before I go to bed. Every time I've not done that, I'm just gone to bed, maybe I was too tired, I got sick. And so I have a rule. I always take a shower. Get all the grime and stuff off of me from the Las Vegas environment, really. So I think it's going to be very slow to come back. It's, you know, this is a company that has a lot of debt. And I would be pretty shocked if they did not go bankrupt and that this company would be worth zero at the end of this recession. So if you want to short it, probably one of the best shorts in the market. They don't pay a dividend, so you're not going to pay the dividend. Lose money. Run. I want to start off this topic uh, talking about Hilton Worldwide and their stock buyback program. Now, March 3rd, this is March 3rd. Little more than a month ago, they approved a stock buyback program or an increase in their stock buyback program. And on that day, the stock went up, uh, what, 3% or so? And just over three weeks later, the hotel company, Hill Worldwide, would, would furlough its employees, cut expenses, stopped all capital expenditures, suspended their dividend and their stock buyback plan. And this is just the start of many companies that have already cut their buyback plan, from Chevron to JP Morgan to AT&T to Carnival. And this has been a crucial pillar of this bull market, or the previous bull market, because guess what? We're in a bear market. Now, if you look at the sources of capital going into the stock market since 2008, the only net positive source has been stock buybacks. 
This is when companies repurchase shares in the open market. And what it does is it boosts their earnings per share, but not necessarily their overall profits, right? Because you're just talking about reducing the denominator, not the numerator. Numerator might go up a little bit, but this is a way that corporate executives have been boosting their EPS growth without actually improving their business much overall. Right, you can grow your business around what the economy had gone up, 2 3% a year, but if you bought back 5% of your stock by borrowing a bunch of money, guess what? Your, your earnings per share suddenly went up maybe 8 9 10%, and you look like a genius. And then you got stock options, and you cashed those in as the stock went up along with all your other corporate executives, and what did you do? Well, you leveraged up to your balance sheet in order to do that. And this is something that is going to be the death knell of a lot of these companies that levered up their balance sheet to buy their stock at expensive valuations and had no rainy day fund. And so a lot of these buybacks are going to go away. At least 25% of them that were planned so far this year are now gone. And we were supposed to have a record year of stock buybacks. 43 companies in the S&P 500 have suspended their buyback programs. Now, some of the bigger players, Apple and such, will keep them. And I'm going to keep this topic going into the next segment because I think it's important to, 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 to discuss and really flesh out. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this last break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart. On the next Invest Talk, with additional millions of people working remotely from home, are a handful of stocks set to benefit from the trend. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Now let me finish up my last uh, talking point before our break, and it was around stock buybacks and the fact that 43 out of uh, the 500 stocks in the S&P 500 have cut their or eliminated their buyback programs for the year. We're going to have a few that keep it, obviously, and you're going to have more cuts, but what you're going to see now is a backlash on stock buybacks because what it does is it helps on the upside, right, to inflate uh, earnings per share and stock pr- prices, but it's going to exacerbate the downside because companies are going to be more constrained to keep people. You can't fire debt payments, but you can fire people. And this is going to make the downturn worse than it would have. Otherwise, and I think you're going to start to see pushback from Congress, which they're already talking about that. And the most recent, uh, the most, most recent recent stimulus is to impose limits on share repurchases and dividend payments for airlines and other companies receiving aid under the package. So I think that's going to start to broaden out more widely, and maybe push companies to invest in technology, right? Maintain a financial cushion. Give raises to employees as opposed to send money back to just shareholders. Now, buyback started in the 80s, but corporations have 
been abusing this a little bit more and more throughout the years, and I think the tide has turned and will turn in this cycle. Now, in the decade through 2019, S&P 500 companies poured $5.3 trillion in the stock buybacks. That's a lot. It's a lot of money that could have been just simply not borrowed. A lot of that was borrowed money, not just cash on their balance sheet, right? And so this has uh, been a pillar of cash flow into the markets. And now we no longer have that crutch, which I think is going to make it harder for the market to head much higher. Let's go to Farhan in San Jose talking about GDX. Hi, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my position in gold is split between um, a gold ETF and GDX. But my question is, in the current global scenario where unlikely mining, processing, distribution, all of this is halted, mining companies are also going to get hit. So should I continue to hold GDX to reflect as part of my gold portfolio? Yes, I think mining shares are the best place to be. Uh, for the most part, I, I don't think you're going to get much decline uh, from particular companies in their production uh, because these are uh, these tend to be far away from city centers. Uh, you know, these people, the, the, the workers are not confined typically to small spaces together, you know, a lot of people. So very few have been shut down. Uh, now, it might slow down some production, but actually might that actually might boost uh, the demand or the, the supply or the reduce the supply of gold, which would boost the price of gold, right? And so I don't think that backdrop really holds water. Now, once again, individual companies, you might have that issue, but you want to be looking for the bigger names. You know, the ones we own for clients are the bigger names in the industry uh, that are more diversified, have strong balance sheets. And that's another thing. A lot of these companies have very, very strong balance sheets compared to uh, a lot of other corporations in the world. So I, I think if you don't want to do the individual work on names, GDX is a fine way to gain exposure to to the gold mining space. Thanks, thanks for the call, Farn. Well, that was a, a great show. Uh, very, I think we covered a lot of topics, uh, some important topics. I keep an eye on that stock buyback topic because it's definitely going to be a political discussion over the next few years, especially as layoffs increase and in companies kind of falter under the weight of this debt. You know, I think GE is an example. Boeing is an example. These are companies that definitely added way too much to their balance sheet in terms of debt in order to boost their earnings per share. And because their business is cyclical, because you run into problems like the 737 MAX, uh, their balance sheets are strained and layoffs are going to commence because of the, the weight of that debt, which didn't need to be there. It's not like they needed to save their business in order to do that. They were just manufacturing earnings growth. So this is something that's going to be an increasingly important topic on the political scene. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return on Thursday. CPZ will host the program tomorrow. Please remember that you and your friends can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.